0: This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hey there, it's uh, Tom here from the Business Breakfast, and this is the Bite Size Business Breakfast podcast. The best bits from Wednesday, December the 20th, uh, where we, of course, we looked at a couple of surveys. We had a bit of an AI theme. We had a bit of a Red Sea update. We had a little bit of a look at hiring and firing. It was all going on this morning. In fact, talking of those surveys, first up, we spoke to Jessica Konstantinidis, who is the Innovation Officer of the MEA region for Service. Now, They've just released a new survey which suggests that UAE employees, a little bit more, well, positive and open-armed when it comes To all things AI, not as much fear surrounding AI and its impact on the job market than you might find in other parts of the world. Jessica obviously works for ServiceNow who conducted the survey, wanted to know from her, uh, why was that the case here in the UAE? Shane McGinley is the news editor of Arabian Gulf Business Insight, or AGBI. They join us regularly here on the show to talk us through some of the big stories that they are noticing. Retail survey was one of the discussion points that we had with Shane, the upturn in retail here in the region, obviously at this time of year. But uh, was it as positive as it has been in the past? Talking of positive numbers, well, we've seen a lot of redundancies throughout 2023, especially in the tech sector, but other big companies have let people go. Look, um, that hasn't been mirrored here in the UAE. However, we have seen an uptick in the number of stories coming out in the last couple of weeks of people losing their jobs before Christmas, before the New Year, prompts the age-old question, would you rather know about it before Christmas or wait till after the New Year? So talk to Natalie Spree, the partner at August Leadership, about that, but also looked at some of the hiring and firing trends of 2023. And looking ahead to 2024, what can we expect from recruitment here in the region? Talking of the region, obviously a big concern with regards to the commercial shipping routes in the Red Sea at the moment, the access to the Suez Canal. More companies overnight uh, signalling the fact that they would not be setting their shits through. So uh, we talked uh, to a number of uh, experts about that one, and we looked at some of the local stories that you were waking up to this morning. That's all right here on the Bite Size Business Breakfast Podcast, only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Right, we've been talking all things, uh, well, all things business this morning. And one thing that is, of course, affecting uh, business in general around the world at the moment is the ongoing crisis in the Red Sea. Um, It's one of the world's trade arteries and is threatening to snarl the supply chains it's also threatening to push up oil prices as well and broad inflation uh, which come couldn't come at a worse time at uh, the time of slowing economic growth growth so the recent escalation in attacks uh, on commercial ships has led a whole host of companies including the oil giant bp and four of the world's biggest container ship companies to pause transit through the Red Sea, uh, which means they now have to go the long road home rather than the short road home uh, to avoid the crucial Suez Canal. Um, Around 10 to 15 percent of global trade and 30 percent of container trade passes through the waterway connecting the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea. Some ships are already being rerouted or routed, depending where you are in the world Uh, Around the southern tip of Africa, prolonged effective closure of the Suez Canal uh, will, of course, increase freight costs and delivery times. Um, It's all plain and clear. It's there for everyone to see. We've seen oil prices jump after weeks of declines. Oil prices risen almost 2% at the beginning of this week. That came after BP's decision and they've continued to track upwards as well. Wider trouble for, this, uh, for the shipping industry as a whole, who, although we've heard a little earlier on this week, they are a resilient bunch and will bounce back. The supply chains will be threatened yet again, and that's something that we've heard. And again, that conversation's continued today. Georgia, you've been speaking to the team from uh, AGBI. Shane McGinley was in to talk about the pressures that he highlighted in an article that he wrote Uh, several days ago uh, and could well continue into the new year
1: yeah it's that idea that the retailers for the most part have got their stock in for the next few weeks but they were hoping that shipping prices would come down obviously this scenario entirely scuppers that they're going to end up going sky high one of the figures that I've sort of glued into uh, over the last 24 hours is that if you do send your ship around the good hope instead of through the Suez Canal it the added costs are around a million dollars per ship. Now, obviously, if you're you're only filling one of the little freight containers on that, then you're only going to be hit by a small number compared to the million. But it's all going to add up. And ultimately, we're already seeing inflation, serious inflation in certain parts of the world. And that's only going to get worse if this problem continues and it does at the moment seem to be getting worse at least that is the assessment of the UK government they suggested that the the situation is deteriorating there and with no sort of particular end in sight the question marks are being raised as to how long this is going to go on for how long we you know it changes outlooks ultimately people start getting a bit worried
0: Indeed, they do. Um, uh, one, uh, and that, again, that's something that we're going to keep an eye on uh, throughout the course of this week. Whilst uh, George and I are in on BB. Uh, local news for you now: Abu Dhabi-based geo data and analytics firm Bayanat uh, they've agreed to merge with the Al Yar satellite communications company, or Yarsat, as you better know it, uh, to create an AI-powered space technology firm. Market capitalisation is the one that caught us for this one. Over $4 billion. Um, it's extraordinary amount of money. Extraordinary value for uh, a couple of companies coming together. The merger has been announced, as we said yesterday. Two entities said that the respective boards have voted to recommend to shareholders a tie-up of the two Abu Dhabi-listed entities through a share swap deal. Uh, company valuations aside, and again, that's a headline grabber in its own right, it's just this, sort of. I mean, if I know that AI has been the buzzword of the year. I know that AI will be our word of the year, et cetera. But space exploration would be a localised one as well. And to a certain yeah. degree, globally, I mean, we've seen a lot more exploration into the potential of space and the space sector. Yes, we know the UA Space Agency and all the affiliated organisations within it have had a very busy and successful year. But it's almost sort of prompted... Bit of a space race, you know, we've seen yeah. new projects from China, new projects from India, uh, a lot of privately based projects out of the United States as well. Russia continuing their programme despite ongoing tensions over there. So space?
1: Yeah, low orbit. That's what's what get, everyone's getting really excited about, these low orbit satellites and how you can use them. Uh, it's always interesting when you talk about space, you could also say defence almost at the same time because all of these satellites that are being put up, certainly the high-orbit ones, are for observing other countries, let's be honest. They say it's for weather. They say it's for date palms, But it's for, you know, it's for keeping yourself safe, ultimately. And, there, I mean, there was some talk about how it's going to help with climate change mitigation and things like that because they're going to be able to map storms more closely. But, but really, if you've got a, a quality space industry in your country it means you've got a quality defense strategy as well Uh, and so uh, you know that's one element of it the other element is that it just looks really good it makes people feel proud to be in the country it makes people feel proud of your status on the world stage it's got and then, and then off the back of that, you get all the, the qualities of all, all the sort of top science that gets done as a consequence of, of space exploration. So the fact that we saw this year India managed to get to the dark side of the moon, managed to sort of beat China in that race, that certainly uh, gave India a feather in their cap. They felt very... Very excited about that, and and the the sort of exploration there continues. But yeah, I mean, what's really interesting about these companies, Bayonet is actually majority owned by G forty two. How often do we talk about G forty two on the radio? Because they're involved with all the medical testing as well, all the genetic testing. They were behind um, the strategy for COVID, the COVID pandemic, and they're essentially government owned. So it's it's interesting to see, even though they're private company, they 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 have shareholders. But they're still backed by the government. And I I don't know enough about economics to understand how that works. But certainly, $4.1 billion is quite, quite a big number, as they would say in the banking sector.
0: Big announcement for the end of the year and one that we will watch, of course, into the new year. News from the region now, Bahrain's Sovereign Wealth Fund. Uh, they have now gained full ownership of the McLaren Group, one of the most revered names in British premium manufacturing in the automotive sector. This all comes as part of a long-term plan to secure a partnership with the global industry giant. Mumtel uh, the Gulf States Investment Fund, is on the brink of a deal with mclaren's remaining minority shareholders to convert their equity into warrant-like instruments so uh, the new contracts will have the economic rights to benefit from a future liquidity event uh, such as an ipo of mclaren but would not be classed as shares um so mclaren racing obviously uh one of the fated names in all things formula one as well and this deal were it to get across the line, which looks, for all intents and purposes, it is, would involve roughly 20% of the equity in McLaren being converted into the new contracts and leave the state of Bahrain as the Formula One team-owning group's sole shareholder as well, McLaren Racing Division, which directly houses the F1 and other racing operations for McLaren. Uh, they've got the likes of Lando Norris. Um, Who, of course, and and Bahrain as well for their part, very much invested in F1 hosting a race each and every year. This is the Bite sized Business Breakfast, exclusively on Dubaii1038.com. Companies worldwide continue to grapple with some tough choices, leading to widespread layoffs and a profound transformation of the job market. We have seen seen a steady flow of layoffs throughout the course of the year. Uh, Media companies have slashed over 20,000 jobs worldwide in 2023. Some of the big guns also uh, have have been forced to reduce their workforces, the likes of Hasbro, Amazon, uh, and of course Robin Hood in recent times. That all leads on from the big uh, tech shakeup we saw at the beginning of the year uh, with tech layoffs and certainly being the headlines at the start of the year. That's continued to the end of the year. And in fact, we've seen quite a few in the last week which prompted the question about Would you rather, if you had to, I mean, no one wants to lose their job, but if you had to, would you want to be told before Christmas or once the new year came around? Uh, That's a question we're going to put to our special guest this morning. Partner at August Leadership is Natalie Spree, who joins us live in studio. Natalie, thank you so much indeed for your time.
2: Pleasure. Always nice to be here.
0: Great to have you with us. So the hiring and the firing during a pre-New Year season, if you like, um, Again, it's just anecdotal for me, mm. but there certainly seems to be more stories in the newspapers about people lose. And I've seen it not just in the in the paper, in the media, also personally with friends as well. Just mm. being given that call in the week or two weeks before Christmas. Is it a trend? Is it a good time to do it?
2: I think it's always been happening. Perhaps it's more noticeable this year because it's been, as you said, quite a rough 2023 with the layoffs consistently throughout the year. But bizarrely... Christmas time, yeah, seems to be um, quite common to have layoffs around this time of year. Um, Sometimes that aligns with companies' end of fiscal year, Mm. of course, and they're looking at um, making significant cuts so that bottom line looks better. Um, Is it the right, you know, the question before or after Christmas? I mean,
0: mean, it's the ethics, isn't it? Ethics of hiring and firing.
2: So ultimately, the answer is where is the humanity in these decisions? Look, I suppose if you're looking at individuals for performance reasons, that's a whole different kettle of fish, right? But looking at these kind of quite significant layoffs, I mean, Mm -hmm. 10 to 20% some of them, um, (laughs) you can't really be individual about it because certain people, it might make more sense for them to be told before Christmas. They Mm -hmm. may have a preference for afterwards. If you look at some scenarios, for example... People are told just before Christmas, So you've just splashed out on holiday to Bali or Thailand for the family, or you've flown everybody over, or you've been a bit extravagant with presents, right? And then you're told, actually, in a month's time, you're not going to have any income or medical insurance, especially, you know, this part of the world and visas tied to it. Um Could you have changed your spending habits? I think significantly that's going to be quite a resounding yes for Mm. a lot of people. You do want to know. Aside from obviously ruining Christmas Day um, and that actual festive period. Because, you know, losing your job is a form of grief. It it hits people hard. I spend a lot of time kind of counselling people that are going through this. And it is quite a big transition. Mm. Um, The other really bad downside about it, you know, Dubai is a bit quieter right now, maybe full of tourists, but it's a bit quieter business-wise. If you lose your job this week, you're probably not going to be able to set up first meetings with people or decision makers for at least three weeks till the new year. So you've lost all of that time in trying to secure new employment as well. So it feels a little inhumane from companies on on their part to be considering it at this time of year.
0: Our thoughts go to all those uh, that are going through that at the moment, Mm. especially this time of year. Uh, But then... As you've just been saying, I mean, it doesn't come as a massive surprise to a lot. I mean, 2023 has been a weird one, hasn't it? We came into it with a lot of optimism, but it Mm. sort of has flattered to deceive.
2: (laughs) Yes, probably didn't have the recovery. And we're talking, you know, MENA region didn't have the recovery that we were all hoping for. Um, morale is still a little low, um, I think, as well as the economy's booming in terms of real estate, but then that's also impacted people. We were talking earlier in the year about the cost of living um, and how that's impacting people. That's very much still there. Um, it's been, a, I would say, just a bit of a hard slog. A lot of people that I'm talking to, um, you know, quite a low ebb, um, sincerely hoping that 2024 um, is more positive for them in a lot of workplaces. as you said should it come as a shock some of these businesses I don't think you know uh, were doing very badly I think Spotify was one of them that did quite a significant round of layoffs but they had some really good reporting so perhaps as employees I mean we'd have to talk to them directly but were they expecting it not very likely if you think that the company that you're working for is actually doing okay Um, I think companies do have a responsibility therefore to be advising people hey you know, things aren't looking that great. So people just uh, maybe do have some awareness of it. Um, and should they be having a cutoff like mid-November is like the latest time, really, that you should be doing these big layoffs? Because there's no way that these businesses only found out last week that mm. they're going to have to do these big layoffs,
0: right? Um, so the, the, the dinner table conversation around this will be, well, of course, it's to do with AI, isn't it? It's the, it's the word of the year. It's the buzzword in just about every industry. You can't get through a conversation without mentioning it is it having an impact?
2: Not as directly as you would think in terms of the layoffs. Of course, it's the buzzword. Of course, it's going to impact all of our lives in one way or another. That's certainly one of the trends that we'll see in 2024. Hmm. Leaders have to be AI savvy. People have to be utilising it in their daily work. Um, Is it completely replacing jobs right now? Possibly not. Um, Will it in the future? (laughs) Possibly. Um, People do have to be very savvy when they're considering how that might impact. But it feels like the reason for layoffs is maybe some overhiring, bloated kind of middle layers in... in you know, functions in whole businesses as well. And they're course correcting um, from maybe some previous over-hiring that occurred last year or earlier on in this year as well.
0: I mean, you've mentioned 2024. Is there is there light on the horizon at the moment? I mean, one thing we can't deny is that the the, the hiring and firing uh, industry here, recruitment, it seems to be booming, um, which seems to be, different in other parts of the world. There seems to be a positivity here. As you say, retention of that talent is a big issue as well. But 2024 going to be any different? Um,
2: I think so. I think so. The people are quietly confident, so we're, we're a bit nervous to be too confident about New Year's, aren't we? Um, but but there's certainly um, ideas of more focusing on people in terms of people teams, looking at how we use AI in terms of recruitment to make it faster, more efficient, using data, machine learning to better predict someone's performance. So being able to make good hiring decisions, um, looking at transformation, looking at the culture of businesses. So a lot more on Attracting the right talent and retaining the right talent as well. We certainly see a lot on that transformational side, assessing capabilities, succession planning. So a little bit more depth um, from the people side of things, which would be quite interesting. Companies are still hiring, maybe not at the scale that they have been. Um, There's certainly a lot of hiring that needs to go on that we're already talking to businesses about for early next year in Q1. So... Let's see. Um, we'd be quietly confident, I would say.
0: 30 seconds remaining. I mean, a lot of people looking at Q1 next year and going, hang on, Ramadan's just around the corner as mm. well. But that, that there will be activity in that sort of January, February bit?
2: Oh, absolutely. I yeah. uh, We expect it to be very busy. And with Ramadan getting earlier every year, we we always anticipate that it's going to be quiet. But because um, I think Q1 is going to be busy, we're hoping that Ramadan is also not going to be too too um quiet for us this year natalie year, so. always
0: lovely to see you thanks so much indeed for your time this morning thanks for your help throughout the year as well and have a lovely holiday season you too big thanks to natalie spree partner at august leadership catch up on the business headlines with the bite-sized business breakfast Where we're talking shopping and
1: I did say earlier in the program that the best way Those to do card, mate. the best way to do it's not from me. The the best way to do music on the radio is to not mention it, but sometimes you have to. Anyway, we are talking about shopping on the program. Uh, something I've been doing far too much ahead of Christmas uh, because a new survey by the consulting firm Simon Kucher suggests nearly half of us are planning to spend more this year compared to the last, with only a quarter of us cutting back. Plus, apparently we all love a bargain. 96% of us engaging in summer and winter sales. Let's get some analysis on this. I'm delighted to say I'm joined now in the studio uh, by Shane McKinley, the news editor of Arabian Gulf Business Insights. Shane, good to have morning, you Morning,
3: morning. Good to be here.
1: Lovely to have you here. Let's take a look at this consumer yeah. appetite in the UAE because it sounds like a pretty positive picture.
3: Yeah, if, yeah, it's definitely from the surveys that I've looked at, and we spoke to like a, a load of retailers and malls, and it, it's definitely a shopper's market at, at the moment. Um, everybody's looking for... For a bargain, I did. I did like the bit in that survey where it says ninety six percent of people are planning to shop, and I'm like, who are the four percent of Scrooges that are not? To be honest, Tom. Um, (laughs) Fair enough. Um, But it's interesting what people are buying. Like one is uh, clothes and shoes is is right, right up there at the top. um, Technology. I was quite surprised that toys is only like nineteen percent. So maybe it says more about the demographic of. Dubai and the UAE that um, you know we're not as you know, young sort of people. Oh, oh we're getting selfish. Oh, um, the kids
1: just want tech.
3: Maybe yeah, that's or, what it yeah, is. Yeah, or their clothes. Um, but it's, what I did notice is that um, the ratings agency S and P um, they do a, like a monthly survey of the non oil economy and looking at activity. So the positive side is that they've seen a massive spike in in orders. So they built up a lot of their stock. But on the opposite side, i have been looking at the numbers sort of deep in the survey the last couple of months. And what you've noticed is that generally costs for companies that are going up sort of rents going up I'm sure you guys have covered this a lot shippings going up um, but the the prices are staying stable so you know you just do the math that means that the margins are going to be squeezing so it shows that it's going to be a busy sort of holiday season for retailers but they, I don't think they'll have as much return as before and um, but That's the,
1: interesting. So it's good mm-hmm. for us, but but bad for them. How about, because we're coming up to the sales season mm. now as well. Are we going to see decent bargains, do you reckon?
3: Um, I think you definitely will. Like one of the, the, the Simon Cusher survey showed that um, people are looking for at least 60, uh, you know, two thirds off, which I think is, is a bit unrealistic. But what it was interesting show, showed as well is that people want more of the, the percentage cut as opposed to, you know, two for one or anything like that. So they, they really want to see that, that mark down. But I I did a an article kind of back in April looking at this sort of discounting culture because the market is so competitive that companies are you know, offering discounts, and I spoke we spoke to speak to a lot of these sort of business organizations and there's one female fusion that is for female entrepreneurs I'm sure they've been on the show and they were saying that you know discounting you know is not the way to go because it just creates a false economy and you're kind of the race to the bottom so they were advising members to you know s- you know stick with it and the latest survey from the S&P shows that that is the case which I think is only logical because if your costs are continuing to go up you can't keep offering discounts because then eventually the maths just won't really work
1: so we might be a little bit disappointed as consumers uh, when we approach the sales this year but i suppose you know from the retailers point of view it makes sense you know they must yeah. be feeling the squeeze
3: yeah definitely like the the retailers i spoke to and they're all on the article online at the moment and one of them, a lot of them all said that they were expecting sort of shipping costs to come because obviously a lot of goods are shipped in from from overseas um, and they were expecting that that would eventually come down, but it's, it hasn't been the case in, in this year or the last couple of months, shipping costs have re- still remained quite high. Um, and you know, as your one of your lead stories alluded to, that's probably going into 2024 is is going to possibly go up.
1: Oh, I mean, hu- hugely. Mm. Well, I mean, one of the big numbers that I noted out of Bloomberg, I think they suggested that every time a ship has to go around the south of Africa rather than through the Suez Canal, you're adding a billion dollars, uh, no, a million dollars. I'm getting ahead of myself. A million dollars to the cost of that journey. So you can see that. Yeah,
3: completely. Or it just adds extra time. I think I looked up at ads about seven to maybe 12 days so if you're looking for something on on amazon that's coming in from the uk or any other retailer that's going to take you longer and more expensive so if you know if i was to be that sort of four percent of the scrooges i would say in, in 2024 i think you'll have to start paying more for stuff which is obviously slightly in, in inflationary but i think it's, it's only it's only logical if you want all of these smaller consumers to survive in in the market
1: have you noticed any uh, sort of changes to payment trends people more likely to, to spend online rather than you know do cash on the door
3: Yes like even just the last few days we've seen a lot of these buy now pay later operators um, move up into what they call the unicorn and um, um, stage for startups, which is when you become a, a billion-dollar valued company, and pay, as you probably know, it's where you know you you buy and then you pay over like four installments. I mean, I personally have noticed every retailer I go on seems to have this option, yeah. And so I think that has become the sort of the big trend of this year, and it's going to it's only going to become bigger next year. But what I did notice when I wrote an article about it a couple months ago is that in the rest of the world, it's sort of phasing out, but in this part of the world, in the Gulf, it's actually still you know, on the increase, as we've seen with the the announcements for Tamara and Tabby. So I think that trend is, is going to continue. And it's kind of instead of retailers discounting, they can offer sort of, you know, these kind of payment options, which is, is a nice way of getting around it, I think.
1: Yeah, it's one way of of, of clearing the stock, that's for sure, rather than doing uh, these types of sales. Uh, Really fascinating, as always, to talk about consumer trends with you. Shane McKinley, lovely to have you in. Thank you very much indeed. News editor of Arabian Gulf Business
0: Insight. Just the highlights. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast. Time now to talk all things AI. Why? Because it's the buzzword of the year, the word of the year. And ordinarily, it comes with a little bit of concern, a little bit of warning. That seems to have been one of the narratives developing throughout the year. Uh, not, though, it would seem here in the UAE. In fact, 74% of UAE employees agree that AI is the biggest opportunity for future of workforce. Uh, That comes from the latest findings from ServiceNow, who've released the findings of a new study that explored employees' sentiment on the impact of technology and digital skills on their career and the future of the workplace. Tell us a little bit more about this and the numbers. We are joined now by the Innovation Officer for the EMEA region of ServiceNow, who's got up really early over in Europe, in Belgium, in fact, at the moment, to talk to us. So a huge thanks have to go to Jessica Constantinaitis, who joins us live on the line. Jessica, thanks for joining us so early.
4: No worries. It's a pleasure. I know it's very early, but... Happy
0: to be there. Kind of you to do that for us because it is a really interesting survey. And a big thanks to you and all the team at ServiceNow for this one. So the uh, 74% was uh, one of the numbers. 79% of those surveyed here agreeing that digital skills give people an edge in business, almost an equal number, saying that new technologies are helping them reach their potential. Why, Why are the numbers from the UAE uh, so different to others?
4: I think it's very easy. Um, The UAE and the way that the UAE is run and the way that the ministries are actually setting it up is a talent hub, right? It's not necessarily about oil anymore. And this is what we've seen when the announcements came out at JITEC. And I think a lot of the people in the UAE embrace new technologies quite fast because it gives you an edge. It gives you the time to market. It gives you everything around it. So uh, that's also one of the reasons why I actually moved to the UAE recently, the, the beginning of the year, because I do see an appetite for change in the UAE. Um, And that's quite different to uh, some of the GDPR restrictions that they have in in the US and and in Europe and and some of the other places. So I do believe that the UAE is a hub for people that want to do things differently, entrepreneurially, uh, taste the new environment that is out there. And that includes technology, Tom.
0: With this pace of change that we're seeing at at the moment, and as I mentioned, AI is obviously playing a role in that, education, is formal education keeping up?
4: In all fairness, uh, they are trying, right? But let's face it where we are. I think uh, nobody heard of ChatGPT last year uh, from, from, I think it was uh, March onwards to now. It's the biggest buzzword. Uh, AI is not new. It has been around and, and it has been around. Uh, we've been using it since 2017 and it goes around machine learning, um, goes around natural language understanding, natural language querying, some of those things around it. So it is not new, but I think this, the pace that we're going at it is difficult for universities to figure out how to, you know, digitize all the skills and, and change everything around it. Uh, they had to figure out how people could, you know, fake their essays using ChatGPT and how to then uh, make sure that the students would do their work essentially themselves and not let a computer do it for them. I do believe it is not the easiest, but they are catching up. And what I do see, because I have an 18-year-old son, is that the universities in Dubai are picking up. Uh, they are less necessarily changing and doing everything the problem is the curriculums are set for a year right and this has gone massive in about nine months
0: so from what you're hearing from those that you surveyed uh, recently for this I mean could are they looking for more or could the university could the school systems do more to make people more work ready for the marketplace at the moment
4: Absolutely. They could do more, but I think it's about collaboration. And I think this is where we need to revise what the universities are doing, right? External lectures from people like myself coming in, talking about AI in the workspace. I'm also forcing uh, some of the youngsters that I know to, you know, start investigating themselves. Most of the people, when they think AI, they immediately think chat GPT. There's so much more than just chat GPT. Um, And I think if we, from a ServiceNow perspective, give people that have passed through university... an initial initial chance to change their skills using the Rise Up program. I don't know if you heard about it, Tom. But in our Rise Up program, we actually lower the barriers, we expand the tech talent, and we make sure that new skilled talent is evolved in jobs. We give bakers, butchers, people who have chosen a career that might not be 100% happy with what they're doing, the opportunity to sign up at Rise Up be completely reskilled and then be re injected into these, the workplace. And this colors around 7,700 customers of service now are part of this. Around 85% of the Fortune 500s in there. So that's a big opportunity if you want to work for a bigger company. And there's about 2,883 partners that join in this program to reskill people because we do realize unis cannot tick it all, right? Uh, and once you are out of uni, there is a difficult way to find new skills. So that's why we invest massively and and we're investing in the UAE, we're investing in the Middle East, we're investing uh, across the globe because we see this is our responsibility. And if more and more people jump in from a corporate perspective, but also from a learning perspective and from maybe post-scholar learning perspective, then we can make sure that the workforce is transformed that we all get a better place
0: right interesting that your survey shows that 81 percent of ua employees said that businesses and you've just been mentioning business there have a responsibility these days to promote the development of ai skills in the workforce but again given that pace of change you've talked about again given the speed at which we're moving we need does there need to be a sort of standardization of qualifications when it comes to ai
4: I think we are all trying to figure out what needs to happen, right? At some point we were talking about, is there a need for a chief AI officer or not? Um, I think nowadays, if you want to be current, if you want to know what you're doing, and if you want to you know, leapfrog your own job, It makes sense to invest that 30 minutes a day to maybe look at a YouTube video, figure out what it is, uh, open up a chat GPT account and play with it. Right. Um, A lot of people think that AI is something that needs to be consumed in a massive environment during weeks and weeks and weeks of training. Uh, What I found out and how I'm keeping up, because obviously for me, it's also something that I need to keep up because it changes weekly, um, is every night I take half an hour. And I just try to find something new and and figure out what is happening in the market. And this could be just a podcast. This could be uh, an AI video that you're looking at. uh, This could be playing around with it. Um, We shouldn't all push it onto the universities and uh, the organizations. I think it's also important that we understand that the way that we are going to work is going to change. And Mm -hmm. people think we have never used AI. But then... Whenever you're using on a daily basis, Waze or Google Maps or you're using your Alexa or you're using Siri, essentially that's part of an AI, right? So you are using it and people have this fear that is this massive thing. But if you chew it up in chunks, it's easier to consume. So I think that it, there's a dual responsibility where we need to be curious. Um, and when we are curious and when we get the opportunity from our workplace to play around with it, step up and try it. Mm.
0: Jessica, can't thank you enough for the insight, can't thank you enough for the research, and can't thank you enough for getting up so early for us this morning over in Europe. Uh, the one benefit of that, Jess, is that you will be first in the shops for Christmas shopping this morning over there today. So thank you again. My pleasure. Thank you, Jess. Big thanks to Jessica Constantinides, joining us live on the line from ServiceNow.